You're listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as charity champions. Tonight's charity champion is. Champions enjoy live on field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast and print marketing exposure, and world class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our charity champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. On this episode, No Limitations. Every child wants the same thing. They want to be accepted and loved and recognized for who they are. Executive Director Colleen Heaton tells us how No Limitations helps those with developmental or physical challenges participate in sports and other activities. He dribbled that soccer ball all the way down and he scored. And I was standing next to his mother and she screamed and we grabbed each other and we cried. And now let's get to know our champion. All right, Colleen, well, welcome to the Charity Champions podcast. This is the first podcast of the 2019-2020 Charity Champions season, and you're going to be our first recognized on the field champion with no limitations. So first, let's start out. Can you just kind of tell us who you are? My name is Colleen Heaton. I am the founder and director of No Limitations. We started in 2014 in Central Texas at the behest of Brad Britton, who was the pastor at that time of Central United Methodist Church. He saw what Challenger Little League Baseball was doing and thought it'd be great to have an adaptive soccer league, and he thought that I was the person to do that. (laughs) My love for the special needs community kind of made me want to do it, but my lack of knowledge for soccer made me hesitant, but the relationships that I had built with the families over the almost 10 years I had been volunteering with Challenger League led us to an almost immediate registration of 68 players. And we've gone up to 136 in five years. From soccer, we've added basketball, flag football, cheerleading, and a ton of social activities. And everything that we offer is free of charge. So you asked about me. No Limitations is (laughs) my absolute passion. So to tell you about me would be to tell you about No Limitations. And you recently started as the only paid staff member, right? Absolutely. But you've been doing it for several years, right? We've been doing it for five years. We recently had our fifth birthday party because... Children don't necessarily understand anniversaries or reunions, but they know about birthday parties. So we celebrate with a big birthday party every year. From starting at the behest of a pastor, what are some of the first steps that you took to try and get this off the ground? Honestly, I just thought we were going to play soccer and, you know, maybe we'd play soccer every year. I, I had no idea it was going to turn into what it was. So I began to ask families that I had built relationships with, would your child like to play soccer? Of course, my child would like to play soccer. And most parents who have a child with special needs, aren't going to let their child go with just anybody. But I had built relationships and they had seen the love that I have for their children. And that allowed them to trust me and the program. And those that I trusted also were trusted by the families. And we just went from there. We took it kind of one step at a time when a participant would say, hey, what about this? Let's try this. We would say, okay, let's let's do basketball. And then the next step, because we are in Central Texas, was football. <laughs> and it took a while because we really wrestled with the idea of helmets and pads and tackling and right. how would all of that work. And then we settled on flag football. Mm-hmm. We have some really, really smart athletes because they found out that if they don't put their flags on, they can't get tackled. <laughs> 
but we have a lot of fun with them and their personalities really shine when they're not in a classroom Mm -hmm. at a doctor's appointment. They're just playing. That is the work of childhood is Mm -hmm. play. That's where they do their most growing and learning because all they're doing is having fun. So we're offering that to the families of Central Texas who have children and young adults with special needs. And the idea that everything we offer is free of charge is also a big bonus because many of the families that have a child or multiple children with special needs is doctor's appointments, doctor's bills, medical bills, equipment, travel. They're stretched thin already. We want to offer something to them but never put another burden on them. So the idea that their child will be loved and cared for and have fun and it's free of charge is a great thing. As a father of a special needs son myself, I know exactly what you're talking about, that between all the doctor's visits and all the the wheelchair accessories and all the feeding accessories and things that can come up, you have a pretty big bill and being able to do that free of charge would be huge. Kind of tell me about the logistics of playing soccer with disabled people. How do they do it exactly? When we first started, we knew that we would have to use the gym that the church had Mm -hmm. uh, for anyone who used a wheelchair or walker or other adaptive equipment because an actual soccer field being out on the grass on the turf would be very difficult to maneuver. So that was our first thing. We wanted anyone who was on a para team. And if you know about Paralympics, Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that that means paraplegic Olympics. It's not. The para means parallel. It's parallel play. Okay. And I think that's really fascinating. So our para teams play indoors. And not only is it an easier playing surface, it's also climate control. So Mm. that that really helps. especially that's great. (laughs) In Central Texas, when you don't know if it's going to be 100 or 32 (laughs) on any given Saturday. So we divided those teams. We want to group everyone together by ability. We don't want to use the word disability because the disability isn't going to be what advances them. It's the ability. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to build on. And so the positive side of it, we group them by ability and they begin to form bonds. And this is my team. And they trash talk the other team some (laughs) and and things like that. And it really gets more competitive than, than we expected. And then we built the outside teams and the younger participants tend to be runners. So (laughs) one soccer field is enclosed on three sides. And then we have the parents on the fourth side to try to keep them more confined. (laughs) Then we have a middle field where maybe some of the participants might occasionally run, but they have a little bit more freedom. And then we have our older teenagers and adult field, which is not only larger, but it's a little bit offset. So they have more freedom to kick the ball harder, run further, get louder. And so we want to see them progress from the smaller field to the middle field and eventually the larger field. Mm -hmm. What did the very first soccer game look like? I would like to say controlled chaos, (laughs) but I, I don't think I can even call it that. There was a lot of emotion, a lot of parents grabbing other parents and crying. And I'm sure that there was some soccer played here and there, but it was more of the emotional part of Waco has taken one more step to offer people who haven't been given a whole lot of chance a chance. And one young man I watched for years and years in Challenger League Baseball, and and he struggled. I saw him struggle year in and year out. But when he got on the soccer field, he dribbled that soccer ball all the way down and he scored. And I was standing next to his mother and she screamed and we grabbed each other and we cried. 
And he just went right on playing, wasn't a big deal. <laughs> and we said, you know what? He found his thing. Fortunately, if soccer's not your thing, but basketball is, we have that too. Maybe that's not. Maybe it's football. We have that. <laughs> we have cheer. We have these social activities. We're hoping to add other things, maybe some gaming times. Uh, we have a dance. If you like to dance, hey, come out and dance with us. We want to provide all of those opportunities and everyone who has one certain niche, we want to reach them. We would love to bring adaptive surfing to Central Texas. <laughs> so going back to that first soccer game with all the parents out there and they're, they're hugging and they're getting emotional, what do you think it is about the situation that's got them so emotional? They've been told no so much. They've been told your child will never so many times. Maybe they have a typically developing child and they've taken him or her to play soccer to play basketball, and their child with special needs has had to sit on the sidelines for years and years and cheer on brother, sister, cousins, not anymore. They've got their place. They've got a field of their own, and they're beginning to own their athletic side. Tell me about what some of the participants have told you about being in this, the, the ones that can talk to you about it, about their experience being in this. A lot of them, it's just life. Some of our parents, have never let the child's diagnosis define them. So it's just another day in their life. Some of the children and young adults have never been able to do these things. I had one young man say, I've been waiting for this day my entire life. Now, of course, he's probably eight, nine years old. So he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't waited a long life, but that's what he's always wanted is to play sports. And now he has the opportunity. We hear that a lot. This is my time to shine. I get to do this. Look, I'm playing just like my cousin. Look at me. I'm the next Robert Griffin. <laughs> they're getting that outlet. And again, the idea that they're just playing and being a kid to them they don't know all of the benefits that they're getting out of it. Mm -hmm. You started out with soccer. When did you know for sure this is a thing that's going to really blow up and be a, a big part of my life and <laughs> take over my life pretty much? I think when we had 89 participants the following summer sign up for basketball, Wow. we knew something was, was happening. And the idea that the parents kept entrusting us with their children. Once again, it's a free activity, so that's a bonus. But I think that we have some parents that would pay $100, $200 because of the joy that they see that their children get out of it. Mm -hmm. After the basketball season and then we went into our second soccer season and we had over 100 participants, we really began to say, okay, we need to look at this and, and how this is going to progress and develop. And we wanted to keep it just at those two sports at that time. We didn't limit it geographically, and we actually had people driving from Freestone County, Limestone County. Because we only play on Saturdays, they were able to come and make those games. So we started to look at what exactly are we doing? We need rules. We need guidelines. And that kind of changed it a little bit from just this fun outlet that we have to more of a black and white, this is how it needs to be mm -hmm. kind of thing. Now, we're still very flexible and adaptive, but we knew that we had to have certain guidelines to go by. Safety reasons and things like that. Once football and cheer started, that was when we knew Central Texas is picking up on this. And our cheerleaders would get out and they would dance nonstop and have so much fun. And the smiles never stopped, whether it was the children, the, the participants, the athletes, the visitors, the spectators, parents. 
again, Central Texas is all about football. And so we're able to offer them what they see day in and day out, no matter what time of year it is. There's football talk in Central Texas, whether it's Baylor or Dallas Cowboys or the Houston Texans. We're always talking football. There's always something football related. And all of a sudden, they had that opportunity. And our first season, we played in the gym where we played soccer. And it was great. We were offered this facility. It was, it was incredible. And then D1 on Franklin saw us. And they said, you know what? We would love to offer a more true football experience. Mm-hmm. From our second season on, we were able to play at their facility, which is an indoor turf football field. Mm-hmm. And the staff there really gives the participants the full football experience. Cheerleaders, parents, the whole thing. It's a very, very much a game day atmosphere every time (laughs) we're there. So are you guys organized because you have so many participants into like teams and stuff? Do you have like a a league and tournaments and stuff like that? We don't have tournaments because we try to keep it non-competitive so we don't keep score. We do have some participants that keep score in their head and they always <laughs> they always know that they've always won. But always before we have been divided into teams going into a season. For the first time this year for basketball season, a team may consist of 10 to 12 players. If 10 players show up, they'll divide five on five and play. Okay. If five players show up, then we will divide them accordingly mm-hmm. because you never know when a special needs family, obviously you know this, a special needs family may at the very last minute not be able to do what they planned and go. So our attendance rate is up and down and we can never predict that. If we do it that way, then we won't have a team of seven and a team of two and then taking some of the seven over to the team of two and messing with that chemistry. Mm -hmm. It's all one team and it's like a scrimmage each week. So we're going to try that out and see how it works. Some participants never miss, and (laughs) some are just able to come randomly, and we want everyone to have equality in the way that they get to participate. So we're going to try that out this year and see how it works. I think you guys are going to keep growing and you have to figure out something with a you know bunch of teams and a round robin or something going on because it sounds like it's just getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? It is. Bigger and better and more fun every season. We may have to go to multiple days. Right now, we only play on Saturdays because the weekdays are filled with other things. Mm-hmm. And just like not charging for the program, we don't want to put any extra burden on the family. And if they've had a hard day and they come in and they have a football game at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday night, that's another struggle, and right. we don't ever want it to be drudgery. Mm-hmm. So right now we reserve it for Saturdays. We may have to look at expanding that a little bit. So I can kind of envision playing soccer with these kids and how they'd be able to kick it into the goal regardless of their disability. But basketball seems a little more challenging because the, the goal's way up there. How do you play that with disabled people? We were gifted some adaptive goals and they raise and lower and we have such great volunteers and coaches and pals if a child struggles to get the ball into the goal on its lowest level we'll tip it over we want (laughs) to make them successful once they're successful with it tipped over then their confidence is built and we can leave it we can move it a little higher Mm -hmm. and then next time a little higher and before you know it they're making it straight up So you mentioned you kind of have all ages. Is there one group that's got a lot more people than others? Oh, let's see. Probably from 8 to 14. Okay. 
is probably where the majority of our players are. But where do you start at age-wise? We say four. Okay. Sometimes that's more fluid because if a three-year-old is in a wheelchair and they're able to participate in a game, then we can look at, at the possibility of them playing. The child has to be mobile, whether that is on their own or with adaptive equipment, because we never want for our volunteers to be responsible for picking someone up right. and carrying them up and down the field or the court. Mm-hmm. So that mobility is a lot of times the defining factor in when they can start. Mm-hmm. So soccer, basketball, football, are you adding any other sports beyond that? At the moment, no, Okay, but you never know. Well, I love the other ideas you have, like cheering and having other events. So kind of tell me about those aspects of it. We have Troop No Limitations, a Girl Scouts group that uh, started and and the moms have gotten together and kept that going. And that's really neat. We had a Cub Scouts group at one time and that didn't end up as successful as the Girl Scouts did. But we would love to revisit that in the future. We have done a talent show, which was really neat to let the kids just get up and be themselves on stage to see the artistic side of them instead of the athletic side that we see a lot. We do a monthly dance the second Wednesday of every month, and it's absolutely free because who doesn't love to dance? Mm-hmm. If you can't dance, then dance to make somebody laugh. <laughs> you know, So it's just, it's a lot of fun. We did a fashion show with a local talent agency, Model MI, and 12 of the 50 models that walked the runway were No Limitations participants, and they got the full treatment. Hair, makeup, outfit changes, rehearsals, photography, the sass, all of it. It was <laughs> it was amazing. We're looking at some other things in the future. We had a, a prom, but now Night to Shine has come to Waco. And why put on something on our own when we can join with Crestview right. and join Night to Shine? So just make it bigger and better by being part of it. When someone with special needs says, hey, Colleen, I want to fill in the blank. I want to make it happen, whatever it is. So when people bring me their ideas, we start looking at at ways to make it happen. In the fall, we're going to have an adaptive ninja warrior (laughs) obstacle course. We're working with local Camp Gladiator to do that. And who knows what might come out of it. That's amazing. Really, it's No Limitations is about doing all sorts of activities with no limitations, right? Absolutely. Like I said earlier, it may it may be the artistic side of someone that we, we get to develop. And we're hoping that, that those types of programs will be in the near future. Uh, gaming, things like that. We have um, young ladies who want to be hair and makeup stylist artists. Let's get them started on that. <laughs> we have people who want to wait tables. Oh my goodness, let's Let's practice that. Let's get it down and let's get out there in the community and do it. No limitations. I understand legitimately in life, yes, there are limitations, but it's on me as a community member to not limit myself on what I can do to make the limitations of others less and less over time. Mm -hmm. As the parent of a special needs kid, you know, it's difficult sometimes to always try and include them because there's mobility issues, considerations for how they might act in a different situation. What would these kids kind of be doing otherwise? And how does this make their life a lot better? Inclusion. They are getting to participate in activities in their community. Once that confidence is instilled and we can help that grow, 
hey, I started with basketball, but you know what? Now I can get up and do public speaking. Mm. I've got the confidence now to begin to develop more as a productive member of society. And I can begin to advocate for myself and others like me. Those are some of the things that we're hoping come out of, quote unquote, just sports. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me some stories of some of the kids or, or parents specifically that have been impacted by the program? After our first soccer season, one of our participants passed away. Not knowing where we were going with the program or or having any clue really what we were doing, I thought this can't go anywhere because these types of events are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Death is in, inevitable in this community sometimes. But I went in to try to console the family. On the living room wall was Megan's soccer picture and her medal from that season. Mm. And I knew immediately mom no longer had Megan, but she had memories. And I had a small part to play in helping her mother have memories of Megan that otherwise she would not have had. And happy memories, mm -hmm. memories that she was told she was never going to have. And that will be with her forever. And unfortunately, other families will experience similar tragedies. But if they can take those memories and have some consolation from them, then the program is serving its purpose. It's bringing joy. It's hard, too, because a lot of those memories could be inside a hospital or something not so positive. But the fact that, you know, they got out there on the field and they played and they had that day, you know, they had their day. They had their mm -hmm. time in the sun, right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, another story that kind of goes along with all of that, seizures are very common uh, in our participants. And during, I can't remember if it was soccer or basketball, but one of our participants began having a seizure. So mom rushed to him. And we grabbed some barriers and we uh, surrounded mom and son while she took care of him having a seizure and we continued the game. We wanted them to have their privacy and their protection, but we wanted the other kids to be able to continue to not create a panic. Mom helped with the seizure and then the participant was able to get up and finish the game. So yes, a seizure is a terrifying thing, but it's part of his life. So let's deal with it. Let's get up. Let's make the most of what we can. And the mother was like, why did y'all do that? Why would you do that to us? Why not? Mm -hmm. Why not make your life a little bit easier? Let your son do what he wants to do. He wants to play sports. Unfortunately, he has seizures. Let's work around it. Mm -hmm. We have a young man who attends school for the blind mm -hmm. in another city during the week. And he comes home on the weekends. And because of an eye condition, he could not play football. So his grandmother asked if he could cheer. And we're very inclusive and adaptive. We said, absolutely. Boys can cheer, girls can play football, whatever <laughs> we need to do to make this work. A few weeks after the season started, the grandmother got a phone call from the teacher. And she said, this child is doing cheers. Where is he learning these cheers? <laughs> he is nonverbal. Oh. And he is teaching his classmates cheers the end of the school year talent show he performed the cheers that he learned on the weekends at no limitations while that's incredible and i love that story the bigger part of that is when we play football we always have the national anthem it took me several years to realize he knows the national anthem word for word and sings it before every game standing in the cheer line it took me a while to realize who's the cheerleader singing because i never expected it to be him he has been given the label of 
visually impaired, hearing impaired, and nonverbal, yet he is demonstrating he does have those things. He can go beyond those labels, go beyond a diagnosis. He is living a no limitations life. How is that not inspiring? It's amazing. So where do you see no limitations going in the future? I want it to be what it needs to be for each family. If that means that we stay in Central Texas and just absolutely perfect the program that we have, I'm good with that. I know that there are other families, countless families, outside of Central Texas that can benefit from such a program. Maybe we're able to expand and reach those families if we just stay in Central Texas. We have the possibility of impacting another generation and then another after that. And soon, Waco is a no limitations community and the rest of the world is saying, wow, how'd you do that? We wanna do that too. So if that's what's meant for us, then hey, let's stay in Central Texas. If we're meant to expand, I guess that will happen too. I like that idea of putting the, the families of the participants first and you know, making sure that they have the experience they need to have mm-hmm. before growing if that's an option out there. You've been chosen as a charity champion this year. We had kind of a uh, surprise luncheon. What was going through your head as you kind of walked in? What were you expecting? I was expecting a one-on-one interview, and then I was going to go on to another event that I had scheduled that afternoon. I was shocked, <laughs> uh, taken aback, all of those all of those words, and then humbled, so humbled. Oh my goodness, I'm in a room with all of these other charities that have been around and they have these big names and you hear about them on a regular basis. You don't hear about no limitations like you do these other things, but now suddenly I'm sitting in the company of these leaders. Mm -hmm. It gives legitimacy in my mind to the special needs community and the attention that they are beginning to get on a different level than before. So we're going to recognize No Limitations on the field August 31st, the first Baylor football game. We'll be announcing this, that this podcast is available at the game. So a lot of people might might be hearing this after the game's already happened. What's the main message you want people to know about No Limitations, you know, from your perspective? Every child wants the same thing, typically developing or special needs. They want to be accepted and loved and recognized for who they are. Every family wants the same thing for their child. Every parent wants that. Let's begin to give that to one another. Let's educate ourselves on how we can accept and learn and know and love these families and truly become one community, not a special needs community in addition to the Central Texas community. Let's become one because when a person with special needs succeeds, the whole community succeeds. Mm. We can find a completely different level of life if we can come together as one. The special needs community is so segregated right now. People don't realize there are thousands of families out there because they're so segregated. And honestly, they spend most of their time at home because, you know, they they have to get the wheelchairs together. They have to, a lot of families have to schedule their outings around bathroom trips because there's no place in Waco Mm -hmm. for a 15-year-old in a wheelchair to be changed if if he needs to be changed. You can't do that out in the community. You literally have to go home or change in the back of your car or van. Let's make those things known and let's make them obsolete. Mm-hmm. Something I've come up with recently is we've, we've changed some medicine with our, our son. He's usually pretty quiet and now he's decided he's gonna be very vocal just sporadically. So we have to think about 
you know, before, if we might go watch a movie in the theater or go to a restaurant, you know, he may have an outburst. Mm -hmm. And so some of those things people with special needs kids just kind of think about, about how is it going to affect, you know, going out there in the community and just having a really accepting community that understands that there are people that are different from them. And we should just be loving and kind. And, and most people really are. So I think it's really great. So you've got this really big platform now, Charity Champions as well. What are some of the big things that you guys need to get to the next level to really help your participants? Well, you're offering us some leadership training, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I've shared with you my passion and my love is not lacking. But I don't have a business degree or a marketing degree or even a degree in special ed. So what you are offering us is going to help us grow tremendously. It's going to help me as a leader grow. We have no facility of our own. I do a lot of work out of my car and I work from home. I have different places in town where I I like to have coffee with Colleen and, and different meetings and things. But when we play football, we work around someone else's schedule to use their facility. Same for basketball, same for soccer. And the community is great to let us use those facilities, but it would be great to be able to say, hey, Thursday, we're playing basketball. Whoever shows up can play basketball. Mm-hmm. If, if we didn't have to schedule around someone else, if we had our own facility, what I see in my mind is a facility that has a deli and a boutique, and it is fully staffed by individuals with special needs, and we just happen to play sports there as well. <laughs> Uh, but w- it, there could be community development. There could be job programs there. That would be amazing. But like I said earlier, if we're meant to keep doing what we're doing and somewhat small scale and use other people's facilities because we can make an impact on them by doing so, then we're good with that. Mm-hmm. If we're meant to have a place, somebody has a place they would like for us to make the most of, we would love that as well. Is there any special adaptive equipment you've had your eye on? We have great basketball goals, but they don't have backboards on them. Mm. And we have recently come across some goals that will raise and lower, but they have backboards. And that would be really helpful for our, our athletes to have. What we have found is we make everything work. If we need something and we can't come up with it, then we make it work. So dreaming big is a little bit difficult because we have become so adaptive Mm -hmm. to what we do have. And I'm going to put this out there because I think it would be awesome. You mentioned surfing and we have BSR Cable Park here in town with their awesome surfing facilities. Mm -hmm. I could see a ton of adaptive athletes out there hanging 10, couldn't you? Yes. (laughs) I actually have someone who's offered to do the lessons for free if we can just find a location. So that would be incredible. What if it changes the life of one individual, one family, then it's all worth it. So if people want to find you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? We're most active on Facebook at No Limitations Waco. We have Instagram and Twitter as well, and we use them. And our website, nolimitationswaco.com. All right, Colleen, thank you so much for coming in today. And thank you for the great work you're doing in the community. Thank you so much for choosing us as Charity Champion. Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampionsforlife.com and find the nominate button at the top of the page. You can also find more information on this podcast and all our charity champions at charitychampionsforlife.com. We'll see you next time.